I woke up one morning and I hurt from head to toe. I was in a toxic relationship, which ended right after I got sick. Yes, he didn't like the fact that I was sick. Oh, joy, what was I supposed to do with that? And I was appalled because they're everywhere. They were in my food, my cosmetics, my over-the-counter drugs, my kitchen utensils and storage. They were in my cleaning supplies. They're in our water. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Deanna, and today I have a special guest for you. We are going to be talking to Cheryl Meyer, who wrote the book, It Feels Good to Feel Good. Now I'm sure that you can hear from the sound of my voice that I've been sick, which is why I haven't put out an episode in a few weeks. I didn't even have a voice for over a week. I suffer from chronic bronchitis. Even as a newborn baby, I've always been very susceptible to colds. My lungs are my weak area. But when I was about 26 years old, I actually feel like I may have damaged my lungs. Let me explain. At 26 years old, my husband and I were able to buy our own home. I was so proud of owning my own home. I was obsessed with keeping it clean. I bought every cleaning product on the market and I kept the house immaculate. I remember one day getting into the shower to clean the shower tiles and scrubbing the tile on the shower walls. All of a sudden, I got kind of choked up and couldn't breathe. I started coughing. I got out of the shower and took a couple of deep breaths and I felt a pain in my chest. I did get over that pain. But from that point on, I became allergic to perfumes and I just became allergy prone and, and I would get colds easier and I would, they would always go into bronchitis. I would say I'd probably get bronchitis maybe four times a year. Now, of course, this was over 30 years ago and most of us really weren't aware of all the toxic chemicals that were in our cleaning solutions. We live in a polluted environment and we're surrounded with all kinds of toxics everywhere from our skincare, our shampoo, our food, our water, etc. On today's episode, uh, that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. How these toxins that we're surrounded with can affect our health and our beauty. My guest for today, Cheryl Meyer, health coach and author of the book, It Feels Good to Feel Good, is here today not only to share her book with us, but to share with us how she's been able to reclaim her health. Cheryl's book is a complete, detailed, and comprehensive book on how you can protect yourself from toxins and eliminate inflammation from your body so that you can look great and feel good again. We all want to live longer, pain-free, have thick, shiny, healthy hair, beautiful, radiant skin, and tons of energy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Cheryl.
Hello, Cheryl, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here and to have you share your book, It Feels Good to Feel Good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. Well, I've been looking forward to talking to you and excited about the show. So let's go ahead and get started. Cheryl, first off, why don't you tell the listeners briefly just a little bit about yourself? Well, I was an entrepreneur and I was not paying any attention to my health at all. I was working 24-7. I was eating on the fly. I was eating rich, fatty, um, sugary foods. Um, Literally, I was doing everything wrong, and I was taking care of everybody other than me. And five years ago, I got autoimmune disease. I woke up one morning, and I hurt from head to toe. And when I went to the doctor, she didn't know what it was. She wanted to give me steroids. I didn't know what it was. So I am not going to live a life of pain and pills. So I started researching to figure out what I had. And that led me on a five-year journey to find out I really did have autoimmune disease. It led me to a whole new paradigm of medical doctors that are popping up called functional doctors, who are doctors that went to regular medical schools. My doctor graduated from Yale with her MD, but they get additional training in something called functional medicine, which is root cause medicine, which is a whole game changer. And um, when I was doing my research, I didn't know what I had. So I wrote the book as the manual for what I learned so that I can help other people. But one of the things I discovered is if it was autoimmune disease and it was looking like it was, it all starts in the gut. And there are two biggies that cause the gut to go leaky, which causes autoimmune disease and inflammation. One of them was toxins and the other one was stress. So before I even figured out that I needed a functional doctor, I started researching and eliminating toxins from my life. And I was appalled because they're everywhere. They were in my food, my cosmetics, my over-the-counter drugs, my kitchen utensils and storage. They were in my cleaning supplies. They're in our water. Um, And then I also learned that they were toxic stress, um, ants, which is negative anxious thoughts, toxic lack of sleep, toxic relationships. I was in a toxic relationship, which ended right after I got sick. Because he didn't like the fact that I was sick. Oh, joy, what was I supposed to do with that? And then toxic lack of movement. So I literally went toxin by toxin, eliminated it, and replaced it. And the book that I wrote talks about what did I find? Where did I find it? What did I replace it with? And if you don't like my choice, I tell you how to research and find your own. So that's kind of where I'm at. I still have my business. I went back to school to become a health coach. I graduated in March of this year from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and they had a book course. And so I published my book um, at the end of April, and that has shot me off on a whole new world. I'm going to be 69 in January and decided that what I want to do is not retire, but I want to help other people who find themselves in the same situation that I was in and help them get back their wellness because they don't have to have a life of pain and pills. Right, right. Wonderful. Right, so let's talk about the book, It Feels Good to Feel Good. Why did you want to write a book, and who did you write the book for? Well, it's interesting. Originally, I wrote the book for other people who have autoimmune disease and inflammation, but don't even really know that that's what's wrong with them. 
But I have discovered along the way, all of us need to eliminate the toxins. Once the book was published, the first place that I went to speak were to cancer survivors at my local hospital because they've been attacked first by the cancer and then by the treatment. So they really can't handle the toxins in their body if they want to stay well. So I talked to them. I've discovered that it's for moms with small children because for the first time, our kids are not supposed to live as long as us because our world is so toxic. So if moms will clean up, they'll give their children a much greater possibility of a long and healthy life. Um, I've discovered it's for people who have any kind of illness. I talked this month to people who are surviving from um, strokes. And it's really for people my age, because we've had so much toxic load over the course of our age, that people my age are, don't want to be deprived. And so I'm finding that millennials' ears really pop up because they see their parents aging and in pain and popping pills, and they know they don't want to go there. So it's really for everybody. And I comment, don't wait until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired till you clean up like I did. You can avoid ending up where I did um, by starting to eliminate your toxins one by one now. And it's about toxic load. So each toxin that you eliminate gets you one step closer to health. Cheryl, now you mentioned children. Do you have children? What's your status? Are you married or single? Actually, I met a man when I first started. I broke up with the first guy, met another guy who joined me on my journey. He's lost 70 pounds as a result of it. He has children. I never had children, but I have nieces and great nieces, and I want them to live up and live long and be healthy. And I have his children, which are now grandchildren to me. So, yeah, I'm concerned about the kids. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in your book, you say the beauty begins in the gut. Can you explain that to us? Well, you are what you eat, and your skin is your showcase to the world. Toxins can only leave your body three ways. They leave your body through breathing, through excretion, and through your skin. And your skin is your largest organ. So beauty begins in the gut. Um, and you need to make sure that you are not eating real or fake sugars or GMOs or processed food or fast food or the chemicals that are being sprayed on our crops and the chemicals in our water because they go to the gut and they need to find a pathway out of the body. And for some people, even gluten, which is from wheat, creates havoc in the gut. And all of this gets reflected on the skin. There are people who have sensitivities to other foods. I happen to have 18 of them who would have sunk. And these sensitivities also cause leaky gut and are reflected in our skin. So acne, psoriasis, eczema, dry skin, skin elasticity, it all begins in the gut. So if you clean up your gut, it really allows you to let your beauty shine through your skin. Now, I haven't got a chance to fully read your book, but in your book, you do talk about skin conditions. Am I right? I talk about them in my autoimmune um, chapter, and then I do talk about them a little bit in my cosmetic chapter, because that's my opening statement in cosmetics. Beauty comes from within, not from without. So that's the place to start. But then I talk about what we put in our body that keeps us away from having beauty. Um, so yeah, that's all in the book. Great. So now when we hear gut, the word gut, and what are, what are you really talking about when you say the gut? Is that the stomach? 
No, it's actually our digestive system. It starts in the stomach because that's the first step of digestion. But when the toxins get into the gut, they um, break the, the toxins break down our ability to properly digest our food. And the gut wall is, interestingly enough, only one cell thick. So if we don't digest our food properly, it starts to pound up against the wall and it wants to go through, but it's not the right size to go through. So it starts to poke little holes in the wall. And when the, in the beginning, when it gets through, it goes into the blood system and the immune system goes, hmm, that's curious. What is that? But when the ribs start getting larger and more food starts to go through the gut, which is what leaky gut is, the immune system doesn't recognize what those particles are because they weren't digested properly. And so it screams attack. And what's interesting is that each person um, those little particles mimic whatever in the body is the weakest. So if your skin, it comes out as eczema or psoriasis. If it's your thyroid, it shows up as hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. Um, if in my case, it was attacking my adrenals, my liver, and my lower intestine. Each one of us has a weak point where these, um, where when your immune system is triggered, your body wants to attack and, and isolate them. And that's where autoimmune disease begins. You know, if it's your joints, it's arthritis. If it's your muscles, it's fibromyalgia. All of them start in the gut, including the eczema and the psoriasis. So you want to make sure that you have a healthy gut because that's the key to long-term health. So the bottom line here is that we want to keep our digestive system healthy, the gut healthy, because when the gut is unhealthy, it causes inflammation in the body. And this inflammation not only affects our body, but it also affects our skin. So really, health and beauty begin in the gut. Right. It creates inflammation in the body. And when the inflammation gets too much, that's when the autoimmune triggers um, come in. I even have a whole thing in the book about do you have inflammation? These are the signs. Because I find people all the time who don't know they're running around with inflammation. They just know they don't feel good. Right, right. Now, I don't want to give your whole book away. Not that I could do that. It's a huge book with a heck of a lot of information in it. Maybe you could just tell us, what are some of the signs that we have inflammation? Well, when, um, I have noticed for a long time, some days when I looked in the mirror, I had what I thought were pretty days. And some days when I looked in the mirror, I had puffy days. That right. puffiness is a sign of inflammation. That was the first key I missed. Um, and then I started having sensitivities to things that were unusual. At first, it was my deodorant. They either made me blister or they made me rash. Then it was other people wearing colognes. Um, they really started bothering me. And that was all triggering inflammation in me. Um, there was one morning that I woke up and my mouth and my tongue were swollen. And that ended up being from my fabric softener. So your body starts to give you the signs that you have inflammation. You just have to pay attention to what your body's telling you. Um, and then I got hit by the two by four and I couldn't move. So it, it builds up slowly. Right, right. Wow, that's exactly how it started for me before I started having these attacks of bronchitis. Now, in your book, you also talk about how cosmetics are unsafe. Can you go into that a little bit for us? Well, the, let me first start with the fact that cosmetics are not very regulated. 
the only bill that was on the books from the early 30s until very recently was put there because they used to put rat poison in mascara. And so back in the 30s, they passed the law that you couldn't do that if you were making cosmetics. But until last year, there was no other regulation. And even the current regulation that just passed isn't enough. So there's a lot of things being used in our cosmetics and our cosmetics that just aren't good for us, starting with synthetic fragrances, starting with mineral oil, which is a petroleum byproduct that coats the skin like plastic and clogs the pores. And it eliminates your ability to eliminate toxins. One of the big ones is triclosane, which is that synthetic antibacterial ingredient that everybody was putting on their hands to kill bacteria. Ends up the first time it worked. The second time it started breeding more bacteria. And then it just um, started poisoning your body. So triclosane is not good. And then there's always the good old sodium laurel sulfate, which I started hearing 20 years ago wasn't good, but I couldn't find any shampoos or things that didn't have it in it. And I always had an itchy head, ends up I was allergic to this toxin. So now I'm using a shampoo that's a one on what's called the EWG scale. Environmental Working Group has done how many toxins are in your products And they have a database of hundreds of thousands of items, including a whole database for cosmetics. So they rate things from 1 to 10. So what you really want to do is get as low products as low on their scale as possible. And if your product's not in the database, you can look it up um, item by item so that you would know that sodium lauryl sulfate is not good for you. So, But there's, there's a lot here that I can't even pronounce. One of my new rules is if the ingredients are things I can't pronounce, then it might be something synthetic that's not good for me. It doesn't matter if it's in processed food or in my cosmetics. Um, You want to make sure that you're careful to stay away from all of those chemicals, which are largely synthetic and are just not good for your body. Now, in your book, you do give a list of ingredients that are toxic. There's a whole list and why they're bad. Right. Some of them are carcinogens. um, Petroleum jelly products are not good. And I I found a... um, Similar product that is not a carcinogen, that doesn't have petroleum jelly in it, which is from the oil industry, but it's made with avocado oil. So there are products now available on the market to replace all this stuff with. You just have to know where to find it. And my book tells you where to find it. The list tells you where you can find them, but do you give any brand names of cosmetics in your book? Nope. There's a list without any cosmetic names of what you want to avoid. Now, also, I found this very interesting. And I think most of us are not even aware of this, but those loose powders or facial powders that we put on our face can also, we can also inhale that and that can cause some kind of problems. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, ends up that face powders are um, like talcum powder now was just sued because they found it to be a carcinogen, but it's a small molecule. Mica is a small molecule. Titanium dioxide and zinc oxide can be small enough in face powders to get into areas of the lungs that will cause problems. Talcum powder is the um, is the biggie, but all of them can have risks if inhaled over several years. So you want to be careful about your face powders. Um, and again, they're all rated so that you can figure out which ones are better than others. Now, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because your book does go into quite a bit of detail about health and weight loss. 
So let's kind of transition over into that. You say in your book that diets do not work. What do you mean by that? Why, why don't diets work? Tell us something about that. Well, I have had an issue losing weight my whole life. And so I have tried probably 50 of the bestseller list New York Times diet books. It ends up you don't want to do any of that. I now have a very clean approach to eating. And as a result, I lost 50 pounds. I believe in eating real live food, organic as much as possible, that's as close to the farm as possible, and all the colors are the rainbow. And when it's available, I prefer to eat locally grown. I'm lucky because I'm here in California. We have a lot of, I have a great farmer's market. You want to get as locally grown as possible um, because that's when you get the best building blocks for your body. And when your body operates on all cylinders and is healthy, it wants to release the extra weight. And so eating this way as a lifelong lifestyle change is how to lose weight and how to be sustainable. You don't ever have to buy diet books again. You just direct your food to be stuff that builds your building blocks because your body wants to help you be healthy. And you have to give it the right building blocks in order for that to happen and in order for your body to be properly fueled. So there's no need to starve the body short term to lose weight. Eating healthy and clean becomes a lifelong strategy. Yep, those regimented diets just don't work because people are not able to stay on them for a lifetime. Nope, they don't. And what happens is people feel deprived. So they'll do it for a certain amount of time. And then when they go off, they think, okay, now I don't have to do this anymore. And then all the weight comes back and more. I even have a quick story that to tell you, my first client wanted to lose weight. And she had a girlfriend that also wanted to lose weight, but only one of them hired. The girlfriend started one of the uh, top 10 bestseller diets. And my friend, um, who was my first client started eating real live food. And in the beginning, she was really frustrated because her friend was losing much more weight than she was. And so we kept talking about it and had a cook with cleaning up the toxins. Two months later, her girlfriend had gained 10 pounds and my client had 20. Because it's a lifelong strategy. And once you get it down and you, your, your whole body wants to eat this way, you crave eating this way, then magic starts to happen. That's right. Real weight loss is a journey and it has to be something that you can maintain and it has to do with the way you look at food. But we could probably do a whole episode on that. And right now I want to bring up something else that I found very interesting in your book. And that is when you say you can take any recipe and make it healthy. How do you do that? Remember when you want to cook at home because then you control what you're putting into your body. So it's important that you cook. Um, and there's a lot of hidden toxins in our food. So I no longer use very much that's processed at all. There's an occasional thing that I'll use that's processed, but not very much. So I start with all fresh, healthy ingredients. And I will go down, or I can take any recipe now and go down it and just make substitutions that are healthier. If it calls for a wheat flour, Gluten's a sensitivity of mine, so I will substitute a almond flour for that. If it asks for rice, I'll probably make cauliflower rice that's going to go with it. If it calls for dairy, that's another one of my sensitivities. So I have learned to make, depending upon what I'm making, um, a cream sauce using um, almond cream, like from um, 
my almond milk company plus steamed cauliflower. They all go into my Vitamix. And then I soak overnight some cashew nuts and that goes into my white sauce. And then you add your normal seasonings, but I also add organic seasonings. And that'll make, I've made clam chowder with that as a base. I've made sweetest meatballs with that as a base. You, I don't use butter, but I do use ghee. Ghee is clarified butter and it has all kinds of benefits, especially for people with inflammation. So I use ghee. Um, I no longer use canola at all or any vegetable oil because they're not good for us. What used to be good has been taught to be bad and vice versa. Um, so now I use olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, and ghee when I'm cooking. What else here? Instead of sugar. Uh, sugar is a toxin all unto itself, and the fake sugars are even worse than the real one. So if I'm going to make something that's a dessert, I cut the sweet way down probably in half and maybe even a little bit more. And instead of processed sugar, I use either honey or maple syrup because there are trace elements in those that are good for us. So things actually taste better, I've learned, when they're less sweet and sugar is toxic. So even when I'm baking a cake, I sometimes will use applesauce for part of the sweet. So there are things to do. If I'm using cocoa, I will either use real-life semi-sweet morsels or I use organic cocoa, um, which is 70%, which means it has the great benefits for inflammation, but none of the downside and none of the sugar. I substitute grass-fed meat. Gra it needs to be grass-fed, grass-finished beef. That one was a surprise. I started eating grass-fed, but they were feeding it grains that were genetically modified. So it's grass-fed, grass-finished beef heritage pork, which is pastured, and pastured poultry. And then we only eat wild fish because they're the healthiest proteins to put in my body. And your plate should be three quarters vegetables, half cooked, half raw. And then the, you can eat the size of a deck of cards of meat because it is more expensive, but that's how you keep the cost down. I only use pastured eggs. I don't want all the stress hormones from the chickens that are caged and are horrifically treated. You want the pastured eggs so that you're getting great eggs that are full of nutrients. So there's lots of things that you can, oh, the olive oil. I make sure it's Californian or certified Italian or Spanish, and that declares it as 100% olive oil because the mafia has gotten involved in the olive oil industry and is cutting it with all the less expensive oils, which you don't want. So there's just things to be aware of that you start trading out ingredients. And I I like to eat. So trust me, my food tastes good. And um, when I make mashed cauliflower, and I had a guest not very long ago tell me they were the best mashed potatoes they ever ate. Well, that was going to be my next question. Are we giving up flavor? No, no, not even remotely. Um I don't bake very often baked goods. They're special treats because I don't need the sugar. I'm diabetic. But everything I make is pretty yummy and because you're using high-quality ingredients. And so I'm not giving a flavor at all. People love to come to my house for dinner. It's inventive. They're kind of fascinated by it, and it tastes great. So what's not to like? Yeah, that's right. I actually use the cauliflower rice with Mexican dishes. And by the time I get the sauce on there and everything, you can't even tell the difference. Yeah, I make it Italian, Greek, Moroccan. I even made paella with it once. 
Wow. So cauliflower is just kind of neat because it takes on whatever seasoning and flavors you're looking for. Oh, yeah, you're so right about that. Recently, I bought one of those pre-made cauliflower crust for pizzas that you can get at Trader Joe's, and I made a cauliflower crusted pizza. Oh, my God, it was heavenly. It was better than any pizza I've had in a long time. So you get inventive, but does that mean I spend my whole day thinking about food? No. When I used to do one of those diet clubs, I was thinking all the time about food. I don't. I keep good ingredients in my refrigerator, and I take something out of the freezer in the morning that I'm going to cook. And then when I go into the kitchen at 6 o'clock, and we eat at 7. So I'm not thinking about it. When I go into the kitchen, I know what meat I'm going to make. And then I start thinking, you know, what do I want? Do I want cauliflower today or broccoli today or asparagus? And then the meal comes together. So it's not like it's taking up my whole life. I just make sure that I'm buying the best ingredients and have them on hand when I'm ready to cook. Brilliant. That's right. Brilliant. Now, I'd really like to talk a little bit about stress. In your book, you talk about how stress affects our health, not only our health, but also our weight. Can you tell us some ways in which stress can affect our weight? Stress actually triggers you wanting to eat more. That's one thing. It's stress. It has hormones connected to it, which are your fight or flight. Um, if you're being chased by a tiger, then it's good that your your stress comes into effect and your cortisol starts to pump out more of that hormone. That's all good. But to live in a total state of stress is not good. And so it when you're in that state, you start looking for foods that you can find comfort from, which are usually high-carb foods and sugary foods. And so you eat those and they temporarily spike your sugar, but the problem after that is then they drop your sugar. Um, and so it all has kind of a, a long-term effect on both your inflammation and also your weight and your total health. And cortisol gets stored as belly fat when you have too much of it being produced because you're always in stress mode. So you really need to control your stress. I have, I think, 35 suggestions in my book. The easiest one, four, seven, eight breathing exercise where you breathe in for four, you hold it for seven, you breathe it in through your nose or through your nose, you hold it for seven, and then you blow it out through your mouth with your tongue up against your teeth. And you do that three times in a row. It takes two minutes and it significantly lowers your parasympathetic nervous system. And you do that twice a day, and you have made a big dent in your total stress level. So there's all, all kinds of other suggestions, but yes, stress definitely, it, it makes you start to eat partly to make yourself feel better. You're looking for more serotonin, um, which comes from the gut, not from the brain as much. They're discovering more of it comes from the, the gut. So stress triggers all of that, and you then try to find a way to fulfill those needs that are not good for you. Not to mention the devastating and horrible effects that stress has on the skin. Years ago, I worked in an acne clinic and was actually an acne specialist. Most of my clients were high school and college students. Now, like a week before they would have an exam, they would have a tremendous amount of acne, their acne would just flare up out of control, all due to stress. 
And those breathing techniques that you just recommended have a tremendous calming effect on not only your body, but your skin and can produce a radiant, healthy, glowing skin. Yeah, they will. And if you want, um, the breathing exercise was from Dr. Andrew Weil, who was the very first integrative doctor. And uh, he actually, you can find him in a video online doing it if you want to watch somebody doing it. But it makes a huge difference to everything. Even your the elasticity of your skin is impacted and the health of your skin. So, you know, stress is a big toxin. So you need to make sure that you keep it at bay. I was living on stress, which is part of the reason that I got sick. I thought it was good for me because it made me do more. Uh, that's not so good. And my cortisol was almost completely depleted. So I had chronic fatigue, which is another issue with stress. If you deplete your cortisol, then it has its own set of problems. And we really need to keep our mind clear of anxious or negative thoughts. Absolutely, because when you have Dr. Amon, who's on PBS, calls them ants. I like that because they sort of invade your head and you can't get rid of them. And they, too, um, trigger you to want to go for bad foods that are loaded with carbs and high sugar because you want to calm them down. Ends up, I always had ants. Uh, My mother had worry. And it ends up I had a little bit of a chemical imbalance, which was pretty easy to take care of. But there are also exercises in my book where you talk to your inner critic and you allow your inner champion to come out and negate it because everything your head tells you isn't true. So you have to make sure that you find healthy ways to deal with the ants and uh, eradicate them. And there are lots of exercises to do that. And self-care is really important to get rid of stress and ants. So you have to make sure that you're taking enough time for you, which will take care of your body, your health, your skin, your inflammation, everything. Now, one more question here that you actually mentioned in the podcast, and that's functional medicine. Maybe some of us listening really don't really know what you mean when you say functional medicine. Can you kind of give us a brief explanation of what you're talking about when you say functional medicine? Yeah. Um, it was one of the most interesting things that I learned early in my journey back to health. There is a whole new shift in the paradigm of medical. And a conventional doctor, when you go to them, they listen to the symptoms and their mind is working over time to think, what pill? What pill will help this? Um, a functional doctor, my doctor graduated from Yale. She has an MD from there. And then she went for additional training in functional medicine because she got sick and couldn't heal herself. And functional medicine is root cause medicine. So they can give you a pill, but probably will do it on a short term. What they want to do is dig down and find out what's causing whatever this thing is. And I kind of feel like I'm an onion because each layer we take off gets me one step closer to health. And had I not gone to a functional doctor and she has a functional ND in her office as well, I don't think that I would be well. They really have found all kinds of amazing things out about my body. Um, from my sensitivities, I went through a toxic metal detox. I am currently in the middle of a toxic mold detox. Who would have thought all this stuff was in my body? But a functional doctor will dig down and find it, which most conventional doctors will not. She also immediately recognized that my cortisol was low. Whereas my conventional doctor said I wasn't diseased, so what's to do? 
uh, my cortisol was very low. And so we quickly corrected that, which gave me energy, took away my foggy brain, gave me back um, my vim and vigor for life. Uh, the cortisol was an amazing thing unto itself. So I strongly recommend that you find a functional practitioner. They don't all take insurance, but mine does. So I literally looked up functional practitioners and called every one of them in the Los Angeles area until I found her and I drive an hour to her. She's in Studio City and she's worth every minute of it. She also spends about 45 minutes an appointment with me. Unlike my conventional doctor who usually gave me six minutes and I'd walk out and say, oh, I forgot to tell her this and this and this. We sit and have a real conversation. I own my health. I do research. She does research. And then we sit and figure out what the next step should be. So it's really uh, refreshing to be with a functional doctor. Your book has an incredible detailed amount of information. It's a huge resource informational book. So before we tell the listeners where they can find your book, could you just go over quickly some of the topics that you cover in your book? Well, the first part of the book is about um, where to start the search. I explain what is a health coach. I explain what is a functional approach. I explain what is inflammation. I break down what is autoimmune disease. And um, that's just the sort of where you can start. Do you have inflammation is one of the early chapters. Then I start off with food um, and the importance of eating organic versus conventional versus genetically modified. And I explain in layman terms what all this is. I'm not a scientist. And I tell you what I chose to do because you can find medical studies on all sides of these issues, but I always voted with caution in terms of what I was doing with my body, which meant genetically modified was out um, and organic was in. Then I go into toxins in our processed food and fast food. Food. I go into sugar and how to do a sugar detox. That's another thing beyond the fact that you're just eating empty calories with sugar. It triggers something in the brain so that you never feel full if you're eating sugar. So your brain keeps saying, you know, you need to eat more because that mechanism stops working because of sugar. So it's a really important thing to get away from that toxin. And it is as addictive as cocaine and heroin. So. Um, then I go into drinking soda, canned goods, soy, dairy, sensitivities, factory farm, meat, chicken, and fish, and then good and bad cooking oils. Then I shift to toxins in your home and in your body, cosmetics, drinking water, drugs, cleaning supplies, toxic metals, and toxins in your kitchen, um, pots and pans, utensils, and food storage. And then I end up with toxic minds, toxic body which is toxic stress, toxic relationships, toxic ants, toxic lack of sleep and what to do about it and toxic lack of movement. And then the final thing is I try to convince people to get involved because if we start voting with our dollars, that's the only way that industry is going to clean up all these toxins that are in everywhere. So if we start to vote with our dollars, um, Jeffrey Smith from the Institute for Responsible Technology believes it's only going to take a 5% shift and big food, big chemical, uh, big farm will pay attention and start to shift. And it is starting to happen slowly now. So it's important. Okay. Wow. Brilliant. So let's now tell the listeners where they can find the book. And if they have any questions, where can they contact you? Okay. You can find me at Cheryl with a C, C-H-E-R-Y-L-M, health, 
Muse, capital M-U-S-E dot com. You could buy the book there or you should just go there and noodle around because it's loaded with great blogs and great information and great resources. Um, you can also find the book, which is called It Feels Good to Feel Good on Amazon. And um, if you buy the book, the book will tell you where to contact me because there's a workbook that goes with the book. My idea is you don't go throwing anything out. You identify what you want to replace. You print that chapter of my workbook and write it down in there and then put that into a binder. And when you run out of that product, you know what you want to replace it with that is not toxic. So it becomes a process because everything you remove in toxic that's toxic reduces your toxic load and takes you one step closer to health. It took me five years to eliminate all this stuff. So you're not going to go in and do it overnight and you don't have to be overwhelmed. You do it systematically and it works. Great. Again, the name of the book is It Feels Good to Feel Good. And I do have all the links to Cheryl's book and to Cheryl's website right there in the show notes. So if you want to go and examine Cheryl's book and her website, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes. All right, Cheryl, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for all the great information that you have given us today. And it's a pleasure to be here. I really want to get this information out because I don't want people to have to have pain pills. Exactly. Living a life without pills or pain is a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to share. (laughs) 